Do you ever ask yourself what would happen if Will had gone to live with the Huxtables instead of the Banks? If Wayne fought Shorzy, who would win? Who's the better magician, Hermione or Sabrina? Or what would have happened in a match between Andre the Giant and Big Show? Well, we're here to settle these disputes. Join us here at Disputed as we host advocates for fictional characters who go up against each other in a debate battle to the last. Winners will be announced. Prizes will be awarded. Losers will be ridiculed. Subscribe. Listen. Vote. Everything is Disputed. Welcome to Podscure. Hey, kids, friends, family, ladies, gentlemen, those beyond the binary, welcome back to Podskewer. Uh, here today, uh, running things solo because Don is not feeling well, uh, but that's okay. We uh, we love him and we wish him well. Hope to, hope he gets uh, back behind the mic soon. Um, so, uh, since there's no uh, idle chit chat going on uh, as we uh, as we get things going here, I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest now. Today on Podscure, host of the Trash Talking Podcast. Operator of the No Context, Letterkenny Twitter feed, baseball fan, Hapkido practitioner, writer, photographer, and daddy, Danielle. Danielle, how are you? <laughs> I am doing very well. <laughs> I'm glad you got my uh, my most important um, accolade there. <laughs> Which one's the most important? Daddy? Oh, Daddy. No, of course. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, uh, I understand, I understand that wholeheartedly. Uh, I am a service daddy. So, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, to be clear, to be clear, to be um, clear. I do not have children. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. Um, I just like, uh, if you listen to trash talking podcasts, you'll hear me and my, my co-host, uh, Lindsay, Lindsay make daddy jokes a lot. So <laughs> that's a, Hey, you know what? Somebody's got to make them and it may as well be you. I mean, exactly. yeah. So, uh, Danielle, first of all, uh, tell us about where we can find you, what you do, to, uh, uh, plug all your stuff. Uh, we do that up top and then we'll get into our, our, we'll go off the rails from there. Yeah. So, um, actually, you know, you and I came into contact because, um, through your, how are you now podcast? And I, um, am also a letter Kenny fan and I started the no context letter Kenny Twitter. And there's also an Instagram. Um, I just, you know, post the same thing simultaneously. So the, and that's just random screenshots. Um, the Twitter is at NC letter Kenny, the Instagram is at no context letter, Kenny. Um, so you can follow those. I am personally at DH Sauno, D H S A U N O on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, and yeah, I co-host a podcast with my best friend, Lindsay, who's also been on this show and who's also on Boondocks podcast mm -hmm. that I know you produce. Um, so yeah, you can check us out there too. Uh, the YouTube is bit.ly slash trash talking tube, and you can go to trash talking pod.com to get links to Spotify, um, Apple podcasts, all of your, your listening links, all of your platforms. Very yes. nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know. Producing a podcast, as you know, is is a is a labor of love, uh, and sometimes yeah. more labor than love. 
So how, yeah. uh, how did how did you get involved in podcasting? Well, Lindsay and I, um, we used to live in the same city. She has since moved out. I'm on the East Coast. She's on the West Coast now. But we always used to, I mean, we're just two goofballs. We don't really like to take anything too seriously. Um, I mean, things that need to be taken seriously are taken seriously. But for the most part, we like to just joke around. And um, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's going to sound conceited. But one day we were like, you know, we're we're kind of funny, or at least we make each, <laughs> we make each other laugh yep. and everybody's got a podcast these days. Sure. So, you know, let's just try it. Let's see what happens. And we have a lot of fun doing it. Um, it's even, um, kind of, I mean, we text daily and stay in contact, but it's nice to connect with her. You know, we try to do bi-weekly doesn't always happen, but, um, just to, you know, uh, get on a, a zoom call with her and just chat and talk is a good way to stay in touch too. So kind of just started it on a whim. Um, we did have one iteration of the podcast that only lasted about, I'm, I want to say maybe 20 episodes. Um, at the time we were both more concerned about our careers and our, um, employers finding said podcast. <laughs> uh, I was applying for a civil service job and I was like, I, I don't know, if I, if, if this is found, if that would negatively impact me, <laughs> but since then we're both, um, uh, in, in, on different paths for our careers where it doesn't really matter. And we also kind of just don't really care anymore. Yeah. So, um, yeah, now we have the, the, the version that's out now. Um, and we just finished, we just recorded our 44th episode. Nice. So. This will be yeah. actually our episode 60. So, oh, wow. yeah, uh, we, we had a, and we had a hiatus. We would have we would have been much more more uh, deep into this. But a uh, couple of years ago, I had uh, just a, I totally had a breakdown and then the pandemic hit oh. and shit happened. And yeah. <laughs> so we're behind uh, a little bit. Yeah. So. <laughs> Gotta take, like you said, it is a labor sometimes, so oh, yeah. it's okay to take a break. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you know, now as you may be aware, I I am now starting a fourth podcast with Demond. Right. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so, well, when you when you messaged me, I was like, oh man. I, I barely can handle just having one. Yeah, I well, it's you know, I've gotten I've gotten pretty good. I at, I think at, at doing my editing. Um, and yeah, so you got it more streamlined. Yeah, I've so I've I've kind of gotten used to. I, I, what do you use for editing? Do you uh, do you use anything in particular, or you just like go off? I don't know what you. Yeah, no, nothing specific. Uh, well, I mean, I use um, nothing fancy. I should say, I just use the free um, Audacity. Oh, well, I use Audacity to record, and then um, my video editor is called OpenShot. Oh, yeah. okay, right on. Because we don't do anything too fancy, so yeah, yeah. This I, I actually I got turned on to Streamyard here through uh, through MJ and her husband. Uh, yeah, yeah. We started using Streamyard too just this episode. Yeah, it's, it's our most recent one. It's handy, and I'm actually when when we when Demond and I start on Disputed, we're gonna we're actually planning on live streaming everything. So we oh cool. So it'll be it'll be like head to head. I want yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited for that. So, and, and I, and I hope I can talk you into coming on because I think it, having you on sure. be a lot of fun. Um, give it a try. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, so you, you record in audacity. Who do you, who do you, uh, do you host with? Like for trash talking? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 I thought you, I was no, like, Lindsay. You're, no, no, your um, po podcast host. Yeah, yeah, we use uh, Libsyn. All right, right on. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's one of the, the old one, the, the, I mean, original Libsyn and, uh, yeah, yeah the, I, now I can't remember the other one, but yeah, 
that those that one's been like one on the round around the longest time probably. So yeah, that's, that's a good one. Uh, we're on Transistor here, which has been pretty solid, and I can host mm. number of podcasts on here all at the same price, unless I start. Actually, oh, unless nice. I get popular. So <laughs> then I've, I've got to upgrade. Uh, but yeah, so far, not so popular. <laughs> yeah. If I got like 15,000 yeah. downloads a month, then they would say, you should pay us more money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how we are. We're very small and we we have no, you know, we're not trying to. I mean, if we got big, that would be fun, of course. Oh, yeah. But um, that also brings challenges. But yeah, it's just, you know, we do it because it's, it's fun. Yeah. So we don't want it to ever be a chore or feel like we're um, like selling out in any way. So yeah. it'll always just be us. Right. Being idiots talking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's I, and that's the thing. I mean, Don and I have been friends for probably 10 plus years now. Uh, we, yeah. He and I met through my wife, <laughs> Tiara, uh, other host on Boondocks podcast and other host on How Are You Now? Uh, but uh, she, Tiara used to do roller derby and she played darts and, oh, and, uh, she played darts with Don for the longest time. They would do, cha- they would go to championships and stuff and do darts. And then she, uh, she was in, she was in jet city and then split off to do her own thing. Started starting to train people to do roller derby and they did it. They had a co-ed league and Don came to do roller derby. <laughs> so, huh. uh, and Don and Don was a, you know, he was a bouncer and, and an electrician. So he does all kinds. He's, he's man of all trades, but, uh, and very you know, cool. and he and I being the same, same, basically the same age, we're like six months apart. We have very similar sensibilities. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, uh, we're, you know, old Gen X guys who, <laughs> <laughs> who are, who are curmudge- curmudgeons, but we're also trying to uh, awaken those who are, uh, you know, you know, you know how old, uh, us old guys can be. So, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, I mean, a lot of people my age can be the same way. Yeah. So. Well, also, you know, be, being a a woman on the internet, I'm sure you've gotten your share of uh, love. <laughs> <laughs> Especially being a woman uh, sports fan, mm. so oh. much love. Oh, so much oh, love. Oh yeah. <laughs> Who are your top three shortstops for the Cubs? From <laughs> oh, you've been. I've been a Cubs fan since 1982. Well, cool, dude. I wasn't born until 1988, so I guess you win. What do you want me to say? <laughs> yeah, it's you know gatekeepers. You know whether it's in sports. So stupid. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, it's I. It's like, you know, that's the, that's like the, uh, the upfront mansplaining. I've got to, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to let you talk. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to explain to you first. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to say though, there are, unfortunately there are some, uh, women in the, in the fandom in sports who gatekeep in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of just letting people be a fan of whatever they want, however they want. Um, if you follow the Cubs, just cause you think Chris Bryan is cute all power to you. If you're a stats nerd, if you've been a fan for since birth, cause your dad and your grandpa and your great grandpa were fans, that's awesome. Um, but there are some women who kind of look down on like, if, if you're, how do I want to put it? If you're like less serious about it, like if you are someone who's just like, Oh yeah, you know, like I think this player's cute and you know, um, I, I saw a tick, uh, TikTok once maybe of a woman, she was just wearing heels at a game and somebody filmed her and was like, who wears high heels to a game? It's like, who cares? 
I mean, you know? I mean, I, I mean, climbing up those stadium, you know, yeah, that, would that, be, that would be a pain in the ass. I mean, why? Yeah. I mean, why would you? I mean, that's just murder on your feet. And yeah, I mean, I would not, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even wear, you know, I wear Doc Martens usually, and I would not wear Doc mm-hmm. Martens because <laughs> so, oh, I would, yeah, I would fall the like, fuck over. Uh, I just, uh, I just, you know. Let people enjoy things. Totally. I, I try not to let, as long as you're not, you know, being a dick about it, however you want to enjoy something has nothing to do with my enjoyment of it. So no, not at all. And I'm, I'm happy to have more fans of things that I'm interested in. You know, I don't, it's not that serious. We should all, we should all just enjoy the fact that we enjoy the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're, you're in New York, but you're, you're a Cubs fan. Yes. So. Uh, Why? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, not, I mean, no, why no. Chicago? I mean, as opposed to, you know, right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I'm in Western New York, so not, I'm actually closer to Toronto than I am New York city, but, um, not really, uh, well, my, my dad hates the Yankees. So <laughs> that was kind of my birthright. Um, the Mets never really cared either way. Um, and then, I just like the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some f- family and friends there. I just really enjoy visiting there. Um, and I, I kind of liked the whole lovable losers thing they had going on. <laughs> and then, you know, 2015 when they started getting good. And then of course the world series in 2016, it was just, you know, it was, I took a, a break of, from following baseball actually after college, because I interned for a baseball team and I kind of took the joy out of it because mm. it became a job. Yeah. But then, you know, I jumped back in around 2015 uh, with the Cubs. And like I said, when they were starting to get good and it was exciting again. So, yeah, I just I like Chicago. Um, I, it, it really kind of was arbitrary. I'm a Carolina Panthers fan for the same reason. Um, uh, my parents are, are huge Bills fans, like throughout my whole family. Um, <laughs> I, and I got tired of being sad. I, yeah. I got to apologize so, for the 90s because I'm a Cowboys <laughs> fan. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, my dad would have something to say about that. No, it's funny because I was like, well, I'm already a Cubs fan and I don't want to be a Bills fan too. because that's just too much. And, you know, Buffalo Sabres fan. I'm like, that's just too much losing. I need to follow somebody else. So I like black cats. I liked Cam Newton. I was like, I'm going to be a Panthers fan now. And just when I started following the Panthers, they started sucking and the Bills started playing well. So I was just like, I, I hope you've learned your lesson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People are going to come to you and say, quit following my team. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So you write and do photography. Is that as a hobby or is that, do you do that for work or? Um, I do. Uh, uh, photography is a hobby. Um, when I did intern for the baseball team, I interned for the Rochester Red Wings. They're a triple A team. Mm-hmm. Um, I did do photography for them. So that was exciting. Nice. Um, I, I like more photojournalism um, as opposed to any other type of photography. So getting sport, uh, sports photography experience was a lot of fun. Right now, I just do, uh, you know, I'll just take my camera to the zoo out with friends. Um, I'm the designated family photographer kind of for like the kids birthday parties and that kind of thing. Excuse me. Um, Writing. I went to college. uh, I was an English major. Um, Writing always just came easily to me. And I, you know, um, I started out as pre-pharmacy and I was like, I can't do this. So I switched to English at that point because I was like, I'm good at it. And I just want to get a bachelor's in anything and be done with this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I actually did get a writing job uh, right out of college, which I never expected. Um, It didn't work out. The company just wasn't a good fit. So um, I now work for a company that contracts with Medicare. Um, basically I'm an insurance appeals 
um, adjudicator, we call ourselves. Okay. So um, there is a little bit of writing. Like I have to take um, medical reviews from physicians and kind of translate them into layman's terms. So, you know, yeah. a Medicare enrollee can understand what is being said. So I do get to use my writing skills. Um, you know, it's obviously not like a creative writing kind of thing, but it's enough to keep me um, interested and engaged throughout the day. So do you, do you have a, like a desire to like write a novel or anything like that? Oh, not at all. No, no. I'm no. a terrible creative writer. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking more at like the marketing side, um, hmm. like uh, copywriting. I love editing. Hmm. Um, I always used to love editing my friends' papers who were not um, English majors, you know, just kind of helping them out with the grammatical stuff. And do you like writing show I notes? Like, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anyone who likes writing show yeah. notes. Right. <laughs> I, even D- Demond came to me, goes, how do you go about writing your show notes? And I say, well, one thing I do is I, you know, like here you can, this is what I do as, as our, as the boondocks is going yeah. on as I, I put t- date times or timestamps in this column and then kind of bullet point everything all the way down. Uh, I also yeah. use uh, Otter which is a transcription tool, oh, I've heard of that. which is yeah. very handy, uh, for, you know, uh, you know, and it'll tell you who's talking. So, uh, oh, cool. so yeah, yeah we'll have to check that so out. I'll go, so I go through there and, and I'll, you know, it gives, and it'll tell you key words that has happened throughout the thing is like, okay, yeah, I remember mm-hmm. that. And it'll, and just go through all those things. So that's one thing that's handy. So yeah, if, uh, otter.ai is the website and, oh, okay. uh, and Thank I, you. yeah, I think you, uh, I think there is a semi-free version. I, I actually went out and paid for the, the, the monthly because I've now, well, now I've got four podcasts. Yeah, that's <laughs> worth it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Cause like what I do for uh, boondocks <laughs> is I record the show audio, uh, before each episode and then I run it through that. And it tells you, granddad said this, Huey said this, and then, and then I give it, uh, then I give it to the gals and they say, okay, I want this clip. I want this clip. And so then oh, I can eat. Yeah, nice. It's, it, it's very handy. So yeah, for anybody out there who, who's this podcaster needs a transcription tool, otter.ai is great. So. Hey, otter.ai, you should sponsor Podster <laughs> for that free ad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. All, all of them will, yeah, we'll get, we'll shout you out all the time. So <laughs> have you been approached by anybody yet to, to do promotion? No, we, um, we reached out to a few, um, not too seriously. Uh, we reached out in that we sent an email and then never followed up <laughs> because we're not, we're not quite sure yet. I mean, I'll speak for myself, but I, I, I think Lindsay and I are pretty much on the same page. Um, right now it really is just for fun. We're not mm. looking to make a ton of money. I mean, we're so hard to make money off of it anyway. Like we'd never make a living off of it. I don't think, but, um, cause we don't want it to turn into a grind or a chore. Yeah. So we don't, I personally don't, I don't want to say I don't want to get big, but like the way we do things right now, it works for us. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because we both still, you know, we both still work full time and Lindsay is way busier with work than I ever mm. am. So it gives us both the flexibility to say, you know, like, Oh, you know, if we don't record this week, it's not that big of a deal. Um, we are growing though. And we do have, you know, a, a, a small, but very loyal uh, listener base. So we're, we're very thankful for that. There's way more people listen to it than I ever thought would. So <laughs> I, yeah, I, well, when we did, how are you? Cause like, you know, letter Kenny was not 
hugely known, you know, in the States. Right. And yeah. so when I first, when I first saw it, I mean, it was like Tumblr. I saw uh, that yeah. the, the, the season one episode, one, the, the, the opening clip. Yeah. And, I, the cold and, open. I, <laughs> yeah, and it was before it was even on Hulu. And so uh, I, I, I went out and I was like trying to find it. I'm like, okay, it's a Canadian show. And so I tried to find a way to, you know, torrent it. But <laughs> yeah, no, no, I got you. I got you. You don't have any other choice. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We, as we, as we like to say, we, uh, we just went across the border and watched it there. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the, uh, the, the prospect of, I mean, if, if you could, if you could do this for a living, would you? I honestly don't know. I mean, if you, I, really I mean, I mean, um, ma- making, I mean, you're making this, uh, say you're making the same, what you're making now, maybe a little bit more, uh, you don't have to go anywhere. You just work from home and, and do this. I mean, yeah, if I could make the salary or more <laughs> than I'm making now, absolutely. Yeah. To just be a jackass on the internet. That's my dream. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we both do pretty well on the TikTok at doing that. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I had the weirdest, I don't know about you, the weirdest shit goes viral on TikTok. I, um, when I try, I'm like, oh, I think this is really funny. I take the time to like, you know, stage it and, you know, Mm -hmm. as much as you can stage a 15 second video. And I think it's a really good idea. You know, maybe like a hundred views. The other day I just got on and I started talking about how I want to eat 40 piece chicken nuggets. And it's got like 200 K views. I'm like, (laughs) which is, which is viral for me because I'm not a big TikToker. But I was like, (laughs) The stuff that I do off the cuff, just not even thinking, is the stuff that somehow people like. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I, I mean, I had, yeah. I had one. No, I can't remember which one it was. Now I'd have to go look. But yeah, I had one, uh, one TikTok for the on the Boondocks one that uh, mm-hmm. that that kind of went big uh, as far as views. Not a lot of comments, which I found funny, but mm-hmm. there was like a ton of views. Um, that it just it was kind of it. It, it really surprised me on, you know how big that one got. I was like, holy crap. Uh, let me see what that was real quick. Um, do, 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 do. It wasn't that Yeah, the ago. thing about those specific accounts is it's like you have the benefit of already having the Boondocks audience that mm-hmm. it'll appeal to, but it's like, you know, how many, you got to hope that someone sees it and then it like spreads within the fandom. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, so my stupid, well, my stupid white people question uh, one has, oh, yeah. has done pretty well. I need to get more. I like that one. <laughs> I need, I need to get more of those, but uh, yeah, that wasn't the one that went so big, but now I can't find which one it was. But uh, anyway, but yeah, it's, it's funny uh, on TikTok what gets big and, you know, yeah. it's, it's, I, I, I'm trying to figure out if it's worth it for podcasting. Um, I mean, so right. far it's, I, you know, I, I get, you know, on the boondocks one, I actually, I get more, I get more, uh, recognition on boondocks and i do on Letterkenny, mm. which i find funny mm. because i mean boondocks hasn't been on the air since 2014 was season four which a lot of people hate anyway <laughs> so oh. um and so and Letterkenny's fairly fresh uh i mean i see yeah. i see Letterkenny stuff happening but i get i get more response on boondocks and uh so do huh. uh do you have do you have more than one account or just just your no, I just I just have the one, yeah, yeah, I, the one TikTok, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, how long have you how, how long have you been on? Um, not long. I want to say, I mean, I've had an account. I was one of those people who just made an account to view other people's stuff, right? 
But then, um, actually, so I take Hapkido, and one of the 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 family that owns it, the daughter, um, she is like a nationally ranked Taekwondo Kumsei um, black belt. Mm -hmm. She's actually reached master rank recently. Um, So she's well known within the Taekwondo community, and she got like 500k. I think she has. I don't even know how many followers she has now, but like, she she kind of went viral and just blew up. So I was like, hey, maybe I can do that. So, I mean, she already, like I said, she already had, um, the audience, um, from Taekwondo right. and she's younger. Like she's a, she's a, what are they? Gen Z. Uh, Z- and I know it's, it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of their app. I was just like, Haha. but there's a lot of us, you know, old millennials and old Gen Xers mm-hmm. who are like, we want to play too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it, it worked. It appealed to me because, um, I probably, my favorite social media is Twitter mm-hmm. because I like to just fire off my dumb thoughts. Yeah. It's like 160 characters, whatever, dumb tweet. So TikTok is essentially the video version of that. Right. So, yeah, I like my first video I made. It was um, talking shit about Korea booze, which are non-Korean people who kind of fetishize Korean culture. Oh. And of course, it got a lot of engagement because the Korea booze found it and got really <laughs> mad. But, <laughs> but I, I tell my friends, you know, this other kid, he's like, how did you get? Because I have 15K, which I think is a lot for me because I don't really I don't have a specific um, aim with it. Mm-hmm. Um so this kid's like, how'd you get so many followers? And I said, you know, honestly, if you want to get a lot of engagement, um, just do something to piss off racists because <laughs> you know, I try. I, <laughs> it's, it's not going to be all good engagement. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of people saying racist stuff, but every comment, every view, every share, it's still engagement. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Cause you know, I, I expect that from, I mean, from the boondocks with and, boondocks. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, and I actually seek it out. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I am, I, I mean, I'm, I am a big follower, uh, for, especially from Boondocks of Black TikTok, uh, and I'm heavily involved in every, you know, uh, like uh, a lot of those guys. And now my brain's not coming up with the names of everybody, like uh, T Nathan and, um, oh God, uh, uh, consciously, uh, yeah, the, uh, some of some of the big uh, black creators who are out there creating, you know, I mean bringing awareness of things that are going on. And so I, I, I do try to interact with those, uh, as much as I can. Um, just because, I mean, it's, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, what is it? Stitch, not stitching. Uh, what's the other, yeah, maybe it is stitching. (laughs) Yeah, actually. Well, either one, actually I've, I've done both. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, cause I, you know, I'm very much, you know, as, as a white, white cis male, (laughs) I think my my job is to instruct other white people and to get their, wake their shit up because, you know, the, the marginalized can't, don't have the power. I need to use my privilege to, to do that. So, well, and it just goes to show on, you know, on TikTok, how many times have we seen, you know, black creators, black women coming up with these dances Mm -hmm. and then a white girl does it and it gets big. It's like, sure. Yeah. They didn't create that it's fine i mean it's not fine um i don't fault the white girls for wanting to do the dance but it's messed up that that then goes viral but not the original black creators like and i know a lot of black women are kind of not using tiktok right now um because there's like you know they're kind of going on strike like why would we keep making content that's going to be stolen yeah so yeah that i mean that makes i'm all for you know for you know, re coming up with your own version of the, th- that the thing there, cause yeah, there was one where it was like a bunch of 
white bro boys doing doing one of the dances that got kind oh, of they're no. their, yeah they're their whole thing <laughs> and yeah. and and they got called out i mean mo- yeah. mostly because none of them were in sync <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> if you're gonna do it at least do it well you know <laughs> they, i mean they were all just pretty white boys you know that were probably exactly. you know all like 22 23 years old yeah so <laughs> that's all they had going for them uh <laughs> Their, t- their teeth like, and their yeah, hair. You can, you can just be bare minimum and not even bare minimum and, you know, have, have find the success, which it sucks. Yeah. But that's life. Yeah. I. But I try to do the same thing because it's like, you know, I am uh, a minority, but I know um, I'll never know what it's like to be black in this country. So true. a lot of, you know, when um, the Asian Lives Matter uh, or sorry, Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. Right. Um, a lot of there's a lot of racism within the Asian community. I'm not going to deny that. Mm. A lot of racism against uh, anti-black racism. Oh, oh, sure. So I made a video calling it out, saying, you know, because um, the rhetoric was starting to become, yeah, well, you know, they don't care about us, so why should we care about them? It's like if we keep just recycling these old narratives, mm-hmm. like we're stronger together. It's it, the white supremacists want us fighting. Yeah, they're the ones that have taught us these things and pit us against us stop being idiots <laughs> and let's all rise up yeah. and you know fight the man <laughs> oh, yeah exactly <laughs> so i you know i try to i try to use my voice too um without being um without trying i i never want to sound like i'm speaking for a community that's not mine but we can definitely you know stitch duet that kind of sure. thing and just bring awareness to other issues yeah uh, i mean it's yeah i was because i was around i mean you were i think you you said you were born in 86 is that what it was? 88. 88. So yeah. you would have been six when, when, uh, LA riots happened. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, <laughs> so I was just fresh out of the army at that time, uh, oh, and, wow. and going to college and I, re- I, and I was living in Southern California and going to school, not far from where all that shit was going down. Mm. And I remember, uh, the Korean owners of the grocery stores and stuff that was oh, happening yeah. all there and, and all that shit. And they were, you know, they were yep. armed and ready, <laughs> you know, and trying to, you know, and it, so at the time, you know, being from Texas, uh, coming out of the military and living in Orange County, all very three right wing type of things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was, you know, I, I was looking at it as any, as your standard Fox news person would have uh, right. been looking at it, looking back at it now. And, and I, cause uh, there was a documentary that came out about it. Uh, I think it was last year, a couple of years ago, maybe um, that kind of broke all that down. I mean, from the very beginnings to, you know, from the, from Rodney King to uh, the black teenage girl that got shot uh, in, in the groceries in the bodega or whatever the heck it was. Uh, so all how all that tied in and, the, and it was built up. Yeah. And there was tension because of that, that was, that was exacerbated for, oh, by, yeah. by, you know, the media and by, uh, you know, by those above who, you know, mm-hmm. trying to point, point at that instead of the police brutality that caused really all this shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny, you know, with my the eyes that I have now, the brain that I have since you know changed <laughs> to to go back and look at that and and think about all that, and it's unfortunate, you know, that those who have been 
marginalized so hard for so long are the ones that are uh, pitted against one another instead of right. instead of those who are in power who have the 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 ability to change that shit. And that yeah, that's what I try to tell people. Is it's like I'm not saying that there hasn't been a ton of issues between the two communities, but we can't step forward, like move forward until, you know, it's like, okay, yes, that happened. Let's, let's work and try and figure something out, you know, educate our, um, I am an adoptee, so my parents are white. So that's a whole different, you know, it set of issues. Um, but you know, talk to, uh, there was a lot of posts on Instagram from Asian accounts that I follow saying, you know, talk to your racist Korean parents and explain why, you know, this isn't okay. So I think a lot of, um, there are a lot of people who are willing to, you know, examine their own biases. You know, I've done it too. I, I grew up in Whitesville, USA with a white family. Um, you know, I didn't have any black friends growing up. I didn't have any Latinx friends growing up, but I think, um, did you have other Asian and Asian friends? I didn't even really have a lot of Asian friends. There was one other, um, Korean adoptee, um, that I was kind of friends with, like we were friendly with each other, but we, it's not like we were best friends, but Mm. it's a very homogenous community. Um, and I don't want to say, you know, your environment can't be blamed for everything because at some point you have to grow up and realize that, you know, we all have biases and what are you going to do? And some of us, you know, have racist thoughts. I've had them, you know, I'm not perfect. Um, but like you said, you know, you came from a right wing background, but as you grow and you become older and you, you know, experience different people, um, you can look back and say, you know, and examine that kind of stuff and say, you know, I'm going to change the way I handle things. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, paradigm shifts happen when, you know, as you grow. For sure. So (laughs) it's, uh, and it's important to recognize those and don't fight them. Um, because I think that's why so many people get stuck in that racist rut, uh, because it's what they're used to. It's comfort. And exactly. It's hard to say, you know, I, I know plenty of people, um, who are like, well, oh, but I'm a good person. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but that, that opinion that you have, or that's just my opinion. It's like, yeah, but that's still a racist or a homophobic or bigoted opinion. Right. So, um, you know, how good of a person can you be if you're not willing to, it, it's hard to examine yourself and say, yeah, I've done some, and said some shitty things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people, uh, and, and I think the, the, <laughs> I know, uh, white people, uh, trademark, you know, whatever. <laughs> white people, uh, (laughs) that, that, that group of white people, uh, is, I mean, have been so upset. Like they were like, they're like, they're being marginalized by being called racist. And now, uh, on TikTok, which is the big thing is colonizer, which I, I, I I love, I love love it. (laughs) 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 And it's fun. And I, the thing I like about it, doing it from the bond, the, the boondocks is, uh, is cause I'll, 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 I will confront people about their, their, their complaining about saying, col- the, saying colonizer is racist. I'm like, it's not called, I, I said, it's not racist. It's what white people have been in this country. For yeah. yeah. <laughs> said, well, if you're using it against white people, I said, well, that's what it is. And well, you shouldn't be doing that against white people. I'm like, I am white, you fucker. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a call. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. So I love it. I love blind so, sighting them. <laughs> <laughs> they are so um, you know, that specific type of person. They truly have never been oppressed. So they yeah. think, you know, 
equality doesn't mean fewer rights for you. It just means I get to have the same rights. I get to walk outside of my house and not have to wear. I went down to New York City recently and my mom was terrified. She's like, I don't want you to go because I travel solo and all the hate crimes down there, yeah. you know, old women getting punched in the face, just waiting for the subway. Yeah. I was like, well, you know, I can't, I can't live in fear, but it is, you know, something I'm aware of. I traveled, I took the train and I traveled with weapons because. Use that, use, you know. use that hap keto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did you get by, better safe than sorry. Yeah. I, by the way, a little gear shift. How did you get yeah. into Hapkido? So it is a Korean martial art. Oh, okay. um, taekwondo is probably the most well-known. Mm -hmm. um, people may not know it's Korean, but they might recognize the name, I think, more than Hapkido. Mm -hmm. um, taekwondo is like 80% kicking, 20% everything else. Hapkido is more of a combat hand-to-hand um, -hand art. So we have a lot of the same kicking styles as Taekwondo, but we do joint locking, um, throws, that kind of thing. So my dojang, which is Korean um, in Japanese, it's dojo. Mm -hmm. It just means like the way of the... <clears throat> the martial art. Right. So um, I have always been interested in that kind of thing. Um, I never did it as a kid. Um, it, it is expensive. So it, money was an issue growing up. So as an adult, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm looking to get more into my Korean heritage. And I found my dojang. It's uh, Agape Martial Agape black belt center hmm. um, and it's owned by a Korean family and our dojang master. He is a, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but you'll still get the point. Hmm. And I'm sorry, master, if you ever hear this, <laughs> but he is a, he's a fourth degree black belt in Hapkido. I want to say seventh degree black belt in Taekwondo, fifth degree black belt in judo. And he went to the Youngin university in Korea hmm. for judo. Nice. So, I mean, he's, yeah, he knows what he's doing. So then like his, his three kids, he, there's a daughter and two sons. They're all, you know, black belts since since a while but they're all fantastic and they're wonderful people and they're korean so it's like you know I, I didn't have a lot of exposure to korean people or korean culture growing up just due to where i live so it's nice to you know learn the language a little bit learn the customs learn i've learned some of the history of korea through training and it's also just fun i mean martial arts is it's fun i get to kick stuff <laughs> yeah yeah i get to learn you know we do teach it more as um self-defense system so it's nice because my instructor he's a third degree black belt um and he trained in uh kuksul so that's just a different school of hapkido um mm. so his his um curriculum was very regimented like this is how we do it that's it um but he's he's more flexible with us and says like okay so here is how we're going to do it for testing but in a real world situation let's play around with this technique let's see you know if the guy if you grab his arm and he slips out what would you do then so it right. it's it's we do a lot of the traditional and the um real world application so it's it's good to know you know i mean I don't like to take any shit and anybody who knows me will probably say that, but the reality is I'm a five foot three woman, Asian woman. And if somebody's looking to cause some trouble, they're probably going to target the small woman as opposed to a large man. So I just like to have the confidence and the knowledge to know that God forbid I ever run into that situation. I might be able to defend myself because you never know. Uh, or at least that you won't freeze. <laughs> yeah. Well, I might still do that too. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a confidence thing. Um, it's, it's great. It's a great workout too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just between wanting to get into shape, wanting to learn how to defend myself and just the Korean aspect, um, it, all three of it really appealed to me. Nice. So I've been training for about three years. That's awesome. Yeah. So any other martial arts you're, you are, you're interested in, or is it, is it strictly Hapkido because <laughs> of the, uh, Korean culture? 
that's involved. I want to I want to try uh, start either judo or Brazilian jiu jitsu because hapkido doesn't have very much ground game. So you know right. it's like we we do what we can, but it's like to have the BJJ training of like if we you know gets the ground and we're grappling, that would be fun too. So maybe uh, MMA classes. Maybe yeah. we'll see. Yeah, because I mean it's, it's all it's all budget dependent. Right yeah, now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean I I know how because. I mean, yeah, most fights end up on the ground anyway. So yeah, the grappling right. is good. So yeah. yeah, I mean, if you, if you can, I mean, if you can pull off a Katy kick and run away, then that's one thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just right. An a one right yeah. box shot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I, you know, I was, uh, there was a, a minute there when I was in Southern California, I was taking uh Jeet Kundo, um, which is the Bruce Lee uh, yeah. form of, you know, uh, well, of, of lots of things <laughs> mixed yeah. together. Um, Very cool. So yeah, I you know I was because I grew up. You know, I, I'm I'm a child of the 70s and 80s, so I grew up mm. with Bruce. And yeah, <laughs> so, Bru- yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, Bruce and Jackie Chan, they were they were mm-hmm. gear. You know, <laughs> as as often as I <laughs> could. Know, my massage therapist, um, she's a white woman, but she, I mean, she's wonderful. Um, but I, I point out that she's white because it makes this story funny. She was watching a movie with her boyfriend and she said, I think that's Jackie Chan in the movie. It looks just like Jackie Chan. And her boyfriend got mad. He's like, no, you can't say that. You can't say that just because he's Asian. And it turned <laughs> out it, it actually was Jackie Chan. She's like, I wasn't being racist. It actually was Jackie Chan. <laughs> Yeah, there, you know, the, in uh, Enter the Dragon, uh, I don't know if you've seen that, that I think, and yeah. I think that was Jackie Chan's first role was in that. And oh, was yeah, it? he gets knocked out by Bruce because like there's a whole bunch of guys oh, right. who come in in their geese and are all fighting yeah. Bruce and Bruce is just, <laughs> and yeah, he, and Bruce knocks him out with a stick. So, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and there's like this freeze frame that you can get, you can see Jackie going. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to watch that again. Yeah, it's uh, so yeah. Yeah, the weapons training is fun. I'm a red belt now, so I will my next test will be well, I I just got red belt, so I have to get eight dons, um eight stripes mm-hmm. um for that belt before, but then I'll test for black belt. So I'm doing upper level things and I get to start swords. So Ooh. I'm very excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I would I that, you know, give me a claymore, I'll just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, practically, uh, you know, in a street fight, is a sword going to be helpful? No, but at least dope as hell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you need to get the, yeah one of those extension swords. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, yeah, because yeah, it's uh, I, martial arts. I've always uh, have loved. I mean, whether it's you know you know the the badass martial arts, even the funny ones like Shaolin soccer yeah. and, and yeah. I loved, uh, Kung Pao enter the fist. I love that movie. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's horrible, but it's hilarious. And it's the, funny. yeah. yeah. It, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, God, I remember as a kid watching Kung Fu theater every weekend. I mean, that was my thing. So yeah, it, oh, yeah. it's, I mean, the, the, I, so what do you think? I mean, I think a lot of the desire in my opinion uh, of what how that happened in America is is a, a lot of it is due to to Bruce. I mean, what is? Oh, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, and the th- the cool thing about Bruce is he's actually he has German ancestry too. Hmm. So unfortunately, there are some uh, Asian circles who don't consider him fully Asian. Right. But for someone like me who is, you know, I'm I'm 100 Korean, but um, you know, raised in a white family. Right. So um, a lot of 
I think it's better now, but back in the day, if I had gone back to Korea, I would have been like, she's whitewashed. Mm. Um, now they realize that, you know, a lot of us were adopted and it wasn't our fault. Yeah. So they kind of welcome us back with open arms now. But um, so it, I, I think it's cool to see, you know, someone who um, kind of I can relate to a little bit more um, due to his, you know, kind of being ostracized a little bit. Yeah. Um, just, you know, proliferating something that's you know very asian and in a non-stereotypical way you know right um just showing it's like yeah asian men can be strong and badass too you know yeah i mean and i yeah he got he got ostracized even by his own community for teaching white people yeah. so yeah 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 well funny story um hapkido actually so Choi young sul is the founder and when he first started teaching it he's like this is not for anyone only koreans can learn this art so for a long time, um, and because it, it came about during Japanese occupation, when, you know, it was even illegal to basically be Korean. I mean, it wasn't illegal to be Korean. We couldn't speak Korean. You know, mm. they tried to pretty much genocide our culture. Right. So there was, it was a, an intense, intense Korean pride w within the art. So, yeah, it was it was only for Koreans for a little while. But now, you know, since then, you know, things have modernized. And, you know, some of my class, a lot of my classmates are are not Korean. But yeah, it's cool to see like, yeah, this is, you know, this is our thing and you're welcome for sharing it with you. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I think it's it's a martial arts. I mean, regardless of where they where they come from, I think is there's a beauty to it. And, you know, the beauty, oh, sure. the beauty and the science of it. it and, it, you know, because it, it, it brings together a lot of things that I that I love because it's it's art. It's it, there's science to it with the, as far as the physics go and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. so I think for me, that makes it that's what makes it awesome and interesting. Oh, I love it, too. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever get a chance, um, you or, you know, any listeners who are interested, look up the Korean Tigers Taekwondo demonstration team. The stuff they do is just is wild. It's so fun to watch. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I you know, I I went to I, I got to go see. Hoist Gracie one time at a at doing a oh, demo. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was him and his wife, and they were kind of basically just doing some, you know, showing some, you know, if if you are a woman, because Hoist, I didn't realize mm -hmm. how big Hoist was. Hoist was Hoist oh, was yeah. taller than me. I, I was surprised. All of them are huge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so he's got this he's got this little white wife. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and before everything that he, every time that she would do whatever it was she was going to do to him, he would, he would turn around and go boop on her nose <laughs> and she would like, well, whether a, it was pinning him or whatever yeah. it was. So that's another thing I like about Hapkido though, is it, it, it really, your size doesn't matter. Um, I'm sure it's, it, it might be the same for other martial arts. I just haven't trained them, so I don't want to speak to them, mm -hmm. but um, you know, I, it, it's all about using, um, your center, taking the center away from your opponent. So it's all about using, you know, their force against them. So, you know, it's, it's really cool when I can lift up, uh, you know, 200 pound guy and just flip him over my shoulders with, with ease. Yeah. So Leverage. yeah, it makes me feel really good. <laughs> <laughs> so out of curiosity, uh, and I, I don't know how much you, you, you're comfortable talking about this, your post, oh, I'll talk about anything. <laughs> your post adoption journey <laughs> and, and what it was like being a young Korean girl growing, I mean, number one, at what point did you realize that you were not white? <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I don't really have a specific memory of saying like, oh yeah, you know, um, it kind of, my parents were always very good. I mean, you know, at what age do you really understand race? Yeah. I guess would be the better question because my parents were always, um, very 
clear about, you know, you were adopted. Here's what that means. I never had an issue with the adoption. I know some adoptees feel, and I'm not taking this away from them, but some feel that they were, you know, abandoned or they have, you know, like just some, some issues with the fact that their birth parents quote, they feel didn't want them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just because the way my parents raised me, I never felt that I was just like, you know, my parents could not bio parents could not care for me. So they cared enough to, you know, put me up for adoption. Yeah. Um, but I guess it was probably around, um, I want to say can, first grade is my first memory of being bullied for it. So I guess then it was when I kind of realized like, oh, you know, like I am different mm-hmm. than these other girls and that's a problem to them. Uh, but I've always, I mean, I've, I've struck, everyone struggles with their identity, mm-hmm. um, you know, regardless of your race. I kind of rejected being Korean for a long time just because I knew it's like, I'm already singled out here mm. in this white town. Um, I don't want to do anything further to exacerbate that. Right. Um, so I tried to fit in. I was never super popular, but I was never, you know, like uh, shoved into a locker or anything. Um, but I never, I never had too much baggage surrounding the adoption itself. But, you know, as I got older, um, met different people um from all different backgrounds in college it was when i really started thinking about race critically um because i kind of was on the like well yeah i'm korean but you know I, I i shouldn't get any special treatment for that and i still don't feel like i think i should get special treatment but i developed a more uh complex understanding of what it means to be a marginalized person in america yeah and that you know affirmative action is not special treatment it's unfortunately, you know, something that we need to have in order to just give people a fair chance. Right. Um, so, you know, just stuff like that. Um, but then I want to say it wasn't until like my, recently in my thirties where I've really become loud and proud of being Korean and a Korean American adoptee, because, yeah. you know, my specific story and my background is different than someone who's, you know, maybe Korean from Korea or, Korean and their parents are Korean, but they grew up here. Um, so, you know, I, I very much, um, accept it now and I love it and I love pissing off racists. <laughs> it's fun. With it. Oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> uh, you know, I, um, I, I have not luckily, um, been yelled at, but I was with two Chinese friends, uh, last week. We we're just out for dinner. Um, now that things are opening back up again. And I was thinking in my head, cause this is just how messed up I am. I'm like, Oh, I hope somebody calls us a, a chink. Um, cause I'd be like, let's go, let's fucking go. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, you know, I, I won't say I haven't faced racism, but thankfully it hasn't been outright like that, Yeah. but yeah, it's, it's been, um, a struggle at times, you know, there've been conversations with my parents with tears and, uh, both happy and sad, yeah. <laughs> but you know, we're all kind of growing and, you know, the Trump administration Ugh. definitely <laughs> forced yeah, it. It was, that was very tough for me. And, um, probably the hardest part I think was my family, knowing some family members voted for him and then knowing, um, hearing that, Oh, it's going to be okay. It's like, but you don't, I think they understand now my parents do. And I know they didn't have any ill will, but it's like, but this is not, this may not be okay yeah. for me. And, you know, look, look at, look at where we're at now with, you know, just yeah. multiple things, but the, you know, the, the rise in Asian American hate crimes, it absolutely 
had something to do with the fact that the president of the country was calling this the Kung flu and, Mm. you know, saying it was a China virus. So, I mean, it's always, race is always an issue for me. And, you know, um, I'm not trying to take away from anyone else's struggles because I know we all have things that we face, but, um, I am at a point now where it's like, you know, I am what I am. I can't walk out of the street and not be Asian. Mm-hmm. So I might as well be proud of it. Sure. <laughs> and, um, you know, anyone who's got an issue, say it to my face, let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, the, 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 the ones that are the, the white pride ones always get me. I'm like, oh, no, the, number one, there is no white race. White is well, not what a do race. You, what do you have to be proud exactly. of? Exactly. Like I, un- under seasoning your chicken. <laughs> <laughs> the number of raisins you put in your potato salad. No. Or the, the, the countries that you've colonized. <laughs> well, so, yeah, that's about the one, the one thing you can say you've really done well. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, but, but yeah, you know, being proud of being Scottish or Irish. Yeah, that's Italian, totally cool. Exactly. Those are, that's, that's completely different than being, yeah. you're, you're all, because, uh, yeah. white, yeah. Because um, black folks, they don't know if they're, Ethiopian or, exactly. you know, where, you know, whatever they, they could have been or where they were stolen from. So yeah, all- it's like their identity was literally stolen from them. Exactly. So of course, you know, black American is there. It is. I'm not speaking for them, but you sure. know, things that I've heard is oh, it's yeah. like, yeah, like you said, it's like, I don't know where my family is from. <laughs> right. I mean, I, yeah. Cause when, when, when we as white people go out and do that DNA and ancestry stuff, we go to see <laughs> what royalty we were related to over right. in Europe. <laughs> That's what, that's the entire, that there's no reason really aside from, oh, I can see that I was, you know, I'm this much, this much, this much. I mean, that's kind of interesting, but really, I mean, when they go in to do the, do all the ancestry lineup, it's, it's, that's really what it's about. Oh, I'm related to King James the fifth or, you know, uh, who gives a fuck? (laughs) You're you're a plumber now. You're so far removed. I actually, um, the first time I did ancestry, uh, because you know, I've always been told I was Korean, but Korean is pretty homogenous too. Um, but I don't know, you know, I, I, I was like, maybe I could have some other Asian-ness mixed in there. Cause mm-hmm. I've actually had a lot of, um, Asian aunties think I'm Chinese. Mm. Um, so I was like, all right, you never know. So <laughs> it was in the be- it was in the very early days of ancestry DNA mm-hmm. and they didn't have enough. Asian people like in the gene pool yet or whatever they use. So I was so excited to get my results because Lindsay did it and, you know, mm-hmm. she, she is black. So she, you know, he was able to get her printout and it was really cool. I think at the time, um, Kenyon was at the top and, you know, uh, Ghana. So I was like, Oh, I want to, I want to do it now. So she actually gifted me a kit and I took it and I was so excited to get my results. <laughs> and it just said 100% East Asian. <laughs> I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, well, I wasn't sure, but I guess I'm pretty sure I'm Asian now. <laughs> you are from Earth. <laughs> That's it. But since <laughs> as as more people have done it, um, it's it's narrowed down to um mostly Korean, a little bit of Japanese and Chinese. Hmm. Yeah, I so uh, being Asian, you I, I, have you gotten the the model minority? Oh, yeah. I, that's probably the thing within um, the Asian community that I try to speak out against and speak to people who believe in that and kind of live that um, because it's, I think, the root of everything else, like the anti-blackness and just the homophobia and just racists do not give a fuck about us, no matter what. Yeah. 
you know, um, if, if you attach yourself to that and sell, I, I, I think it's selling out to your Asian identity just to please whiteness and to have a proximity to whiteness that in the end is not going to matter because they're still going to send you to the internment camp if mm. they want to. <laughs> um, I, I cannot stand it. And I, I struggled with it too, you know, growing up because a lot of us, it's, it's what we're told, you know, just be quiet, be good at math, learn your piano and <laughs> shut up. Um, and, and it leads to a lot of the issues too with other groups saying, well, Asian people aren't, aren't that marginalized. It's like, you know, we've, we've been speaking out against it for for years too it's just mm-hmm. nobody listens it's the same thing as like you know when we have uh, police brutality against black americans and then it's like well what about black on black crime it's like do you think black mm-hmm. people aren't speaking out against that too just because you don't listen doesn't mean we're not talking about it yeah so i i cannot stand um and another thing i actually talked about on the most recent episode of trash talking podcast was the model minority myth it kind of manifests with people um i was gonna say people my age but it's it's asians of all all ages i think mm-hmm. um with dating um there's you know there are many asian women who reject asian men and you know just only want to date white men because for whatever re- you know that th- we have the internalized racism and you can say it's because you know we grew up in america and you know all we were shown was you know white men as being attractive which is true but again i like i said before at some point you have to grow up <laughs> mm-hmm. and realize that you know that line of thinking is messed up so there's there's a big narrative amongst asian men um that gets a little toxic that oh you know fuck asian women basically because they don't care about us they only want to date white guys they worship whiteness which some do i'm, I'm not going to deny that but then i'm you know a korean american woman who prefers to date Asian men. I don't only date Asian men, but I just like to have cultural things in common. Um, So it's hard for me because sometimes I run into Asian men who also kind of worship that whiteness. It's like, oh yeah, you know, you're cute, but oh, you know, I I guess the way I can break it down is um, if an Asian woman is dating a white man, it's like, she's a race traitor. But if Oh, an Asian man gets a white girl. It's like, oh, he's the king. Like, look at him. He's doing good. He got yeah. a white girl. It's like, what the fuck? And it's all that model minority of wanting to have any proximity to whiteness. And it's yeah. like, I'm just trying to trying to find somebody who likes me for who I am. <laughs> like, I just, I hate this shit. You know, I listen to Asian Not Asian podcast, which is a great, funny podcast um, by two Asian comedians, if anyone is interested. And one of the hosts, Fumi, um, he was talking about how Dating for us is always political. It's not just, oh, you know, we didn't we didn't get along because I brought up the story of, you know, the last guy I seriously dated who I really thought was the one told me, oh, I think, you know, this man was Vietnamese, told me, oh, I think Asians are weird. And I almost didn't match with you because I prefer blondes, like white blondes. I was like, (laughs) wow, thanks. As if I don't get that enough already. Now I'm getting it from like my own people. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I, no, and I think you're gorgeous. I mean, especially, oh, especially in your I little, you especially, especially in your onesie that you, that you did. <laughs> <laughs> was, that, was that a penguin? Uh, on TikTok. <laughs> oh, the penguin onesie. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. I, it's the most, I ador- it's adorable. I mean, I have, a, I personally have a hedgehog onesie, so <laughs> we should, we should do a work, duet. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I was going to say you want to blow up on TikTok. That's how you do it. Uh, oh man. But yeah, I, uh, it's, yeah, I don't, I mean, I get it. 
and I don't yeah. get it anymore. I mean, I, I think because but you can you can sympathize. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, because I as a you know, like I said, coming up very right wing and now married to a black woman uh, who is mm-hmm. very, very left uh, and who has taken me right along with her. Um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's you know, it's opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, and it's, you know, to uh, I mean, not not I, dating white women is not an issue at all, uh, but it's it's uh, but I do notice that I, I think I, I think it's made me pay attention more to those outside the white race, sure. the white yeah. race. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it, it, once your mind is opened, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, there, it's it, just, there's no going back. So <laughs> that's the thing, you know, just meeting people of different backgrounds and engaging in conversations, just like this podcast, you know, yeah. and I'm not trying to say, you know, date whoever you want. I have no problem. Yeah. You know, interracial, I was, I've dated white guys. Um, it, it It's just, don't make it a fetish and don't no. make it weird. Don't be right. Ra- just don't be racist. You guys, come on. I mean, I would and probably that's... make it weird at some point anyway. But... No, but like, you know, and that's, that's to my fellow Asians too, you know, just, and cause you know, Korean people, um, it's very, like I said, it's very homogenous. So yeah. even dating outside of, you can date whoever you want, but you better marry a Korean. Uh, so even if you know to marry a different type of Asian is a big yeah. deal. Yeah. So yeah, so many cultures. I mean, I mean that's. I mean, there's you know the Orthodox Jewish culture who's mm-hmm. very much very like that. Yeah. Catholics. You know what? Yeah. You know what have you? Uh, yeah. So that you know the, the and it seems like it's kind of involved. I mean, in religious experience, uh, religious culture as well. So yeah, what, I was raised. I'm one of those. I was raised Catholic. <laughs> you're you're a recovering <laughs> Catholic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so. Yeah, I, I I think that you know it, it, these are all just meat suits we're wearing in the end. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean how we view. I mean, if we can connect mind to mind, that's really what it is. And, and yeah, it's like recognize my identity as different, mm-hmm. and then bringing different life experiences, but not something that needs to divide us, you know, and that right. goes the same for gender identity, sexual preference, you know, any, anything. It's like, I just, it's, it's so stupid at the end of the day. And I'm not trying to say like, Oh, I don't see color. Everybody's oh, yeah. the same. I know. I know that's not true, but like, right. it would be nice if it didn't have to be such an issue that divides us. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something we have to recognize. And in fact, uh, that was something that Tiara had brought up on uh, a one of our Bodendocks episodes talking about uh, people that say, I don't see color. Well, if you're, you're just absolving yourself of any responsibility. So (laughs) that's, that's really what it is. I don't, I, I, I totally, that's saying, I totally reject your experience. Exactly. And so, yeah. But I'm trying to sound PC about it. Right. It's like, well, if, if you don't see color, then I'm a white woman. (laughs) Let me talk to your manager. (laughs) My name is Karen and and I'm from Oklahoma. (laughs) And I cannot wear a mask because I have asthma. (laughs) That's right. Jesus Christ. Uh, Oh God. Listen, I, I, uh, I mean, I would, I would, I would keep you here for hours, but I know it's late over there and I, yeah. but I, but I, I, I want to say, I really appreciate you coming on. Of um, course. and so again, we can find just real quick, where can we find you? I'm going to put this yep. all in the show notes anyway. 
Sure. Uh, Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at dhsauno, uh, trashtalkingpod.com with my best friend, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And um, you can also follow my cat on Instagram if you like cats at Tully the cat, T-U-L-L-Y the cat. <laughs> Tully the cat. Don't forget Tully. <laughs> well, Danielle, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, for having a, a, as we like to say here on Podscure, eat bacon, pet dogs, and give hugs. We'll see you next Hell. time. All right, everybody. Thanks again for joining us here on Podscure. We want to thank Danielle for joining us. Uh, go check out all her and for all of her sites and everything. We'll have those in the show notes. We'd like to thank Still Pluto and Crowander for our intro and outro tunes. You can find Still Pluto, Pluto and Crowander on Spotify, YouTube, Pandora, and freemusicarchive.org. We'll see you next time. Love you.